This is episode nine. Episode nine, wow. And they said we'd never make our sixth birthday. No, and we're actually nine. Amazing. Amazing. Well, congratulations to you. And to you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Ethan Schwartz. And I am still Carl Peters. Still Carl Peters. And uh, we welcome you, get, welcome you all back to, um, to some more biblical action. Where did we, uh, where did we last? And you know, I'll tell you what. Yeah. On, We've been receiving some emails. We have been receiving some emails. This is literally the most incredible thing. And anyone can, in fact, email us at abominationpodcast.gmail.com. And some people have. So, I mean, firstly, thank you for, one, listening. Uh, it's amazing how you found us. Two... Thank you for contacting us. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the proof that the emails work. So I believe that you've got the... Uh, I've got... You're the got, keeper. I, I do. We've got two emails. The first... Hey, Steve from New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, my God. Hey, By the way, I've not read these. No, you've read them. I've read them. Okay. So here we go. Hey, great work with the podcast, chaps. Any prospect of a tour? <laughs> Life can be pretty biblical in NZ, you know. Also, I thought you sounded Irish. Shows what I know. Keep up the good work. Steve Wellington. Sent from Is that his name, Steve Wellington? No, I think he's Steve in Wellington. Oh, okay. A tour? If uh, anyone wants to fund a tour of New Zealand, <laughs> I would be more than happy to go. Steve, I think you're unaware as to how low budget this whole operation is. <laughs> we, we, I mean, we're sat now in Ethan's front room with literally two guys with two beers, two laptops and two microphones, yeah. um, if you can call them microphones. Um, how the hell do you go on a tour? I, I don't know. It's something we should definitely look into. Um, we, we, I, have, I have at least one friend in New Zealand, so that could help. Okay, so we can accommodation I think we could blag. Mm. Um, but it's a bit of a mission. However, we could definitely do a live show. Yeah, I think we'd need we'd need to make sure that we get enough. Uh, yeah, you know, once we build up the listenership a bit more, perhaps a live show somewhere in Tel Aviv could work. Or so I'll tell you what, London. Steve. I will do a deal with Steve actually. Yeah, go on. Um, Steve, you might be the only person in New Zealand who listens to this bloody podcast. Yeah. In fact, I'll check on the stats. Yeah, I'll check on the location stats and see. However, if you can start spreading the word, get your pals to listen to it. If you can get what two hundred people, that would fill a room, would it not? Yeah, sounds good. Then we'll just come anyway. Also, they all need to they all need to chip in because I cannot afford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you think the t- the ticket price should be, it will be at yeah. least three times that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Well, in principle, there's in no principle, reason. In principle, there's yeah. no reason why not. Okay. Cool. Thanks for uh, the interest. And then we have one more email. Um, the subject is go have a look. <laughs> Who is this? Dear Carl. There's probably someone we know. Go on. <laughs> First of all, it's from someone who calls themselves Bible Bob. I don't know what that means. Okay, well, that's definitely not the name. Dear Carl and the other one. 
Thank you for your podcast. I like how you blend the words of the Bible with your own meaningless dribble. Given that you're both based in Israel, the land of the Bible... Some of it. Exclamation marks. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, have you ever considered recording any special segments where you take us on a tour of a biblical location of your choosing? Yours, <laughs> Bible Bob. I thought he was going to have a go at us. I know, that's actually quite a nice idea. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that it's something... So what does he want us to do? To, to go to a a a, a, bib, a site of biblical significance somewhere and do a recording and do a recording saying hey we're in uh, X place. Do they have electricity? Because we need uh, to. We'd, we'd need to get an external battery pack for your phone. I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, we could do it. Maybe we need a shortlist. It's unlikely that we're going to go to the place where Noah's Ark is supposed to be. No, but. If we do end up going to the it Netherlands, where there's the replica of Noah's Ark, yes, that could work. Um, we could quite easily go to like Jerusalem or or Hebron or somewhere, or, or the Sea of Galilee. We could easily go to. We could go to also. Well, maybe maybe once once the story gets a bit more Jesusy, in land of Israel, I guess. yeah. Because um, there's lots of moving around that we've done so far. I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah. Um, although it, in this, we have mentioned the Negev Desert, but again, the electricity issues are going to yeah, come in. Also, the problem with the desert is it, it's hot or it's cold. Mm. There's no middle ground there. So, Bob, um, if I can sort of speak on our behalf, I think it's a great idea. Again, logistics are going to come into it. Yeah. Um, in principle... Again, I yeah, but the thing is, they don't know that we're fundamentally quite lazy people. Mm. Uh, okay, so, well, Bob, thank, that's a great suggestion. It's actually, a nice idea. Um, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah. If if uh, where's he from? Did he say where he's from? Didn't Bob. Say where he's from. Okay, never mind. From the Bible, I guess. From the Bible, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Bob, you can join us, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if if Bible Bob is in Israel and wants to take us on an excursion somewhere that he thinks is important. Yeah. That's something we could definitely be involved with. For sure. We like crisps and beer. Crisps and beer mostly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, thanks for the emails. Please, please, please send us more, send us more, send us more. You can heckle us as much as you like. Yeah. Um, and any suggestions that will make the podcast better, we will totally open to. So, please, please, please send that through. Um, but let's get, let's get on with the episode. This is episode nine. I think that we last left, um, we last covered Genesis 19, which finished with Lot getting jiggy with his daughters. It did, yeah. Unbeknownst to him. Unbeknownst to him, but... Uh... The f- I, yeah. Did it happen if you don't remember it, Lot? That's the thing. Mm, no, I think it, I think it still happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. It happened because someone wrote about it. And um, the, perhaps the first written example of someone getting pissed up mm. uh, and being taken advantage of sexually... By his own children. Yeah. Um, Well, we've got more uh, relationship misgivings in this episode. Oh, do we? Oh, do we? So this is now Genesis 20. We've still got Abraham in the mix. Abraham Um, and Sarah. And Sarah. And, um, yeah, here we go. So this is Genesis 20. The subheading being given is Abraham and Sarah at Gerar. From there... I mean, first, from where? (laughs) From there, Abraham journeyed toward the region of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. 
While residing in Gerar as an alien, Abraham said of his wife Sarah, she is my sister. Now, hold on a second. <laughs> to who? Who has been down this road before? She's been before. This is a game I'd never that has already been played. What is his problem? If you didn't like her, don't marry her. Why, why do you always go to different places and just claim that she's your sister? Is it not weird? It's like, you know, if someone's like, so, uh, you're single, is that your missus? Nah, <laughs> moving, yeah. giving a little hit no, on the No, no, not chance. No, no. She's my sister. Also, she's like 90 years old. Yes. <laughs> and King Abimelech of Gerar sent and took Sarah. Again, we've been down this road. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, you're about to die because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a married woman. Hold on. I can't do this. <laughs> They've gone to this new place. There's yeah. a king there. Yeah. Abraham said, what, well, her, she's my sister. So the king's like, all right, well, just give it to me. Yeah. It, As just I, seems to be the way. Yeah, just acquisition of yeah. women. And uh, and then God speaks to him in the dream. Yeah. So, as, again, going back to the email thing, if God has ever spoke to anyone in a dream, can you please email us? I'd like to know how that looks and sounds. But um, God's going to kill him because he's taken a married woman. Yeah. Okay. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? Abraham's causing troubles here. And she herself said, he is my brother. <laughs> so they're both at it. This is something they're both into. I think they're senile. Either they're senile or it's just a, a kink they like. Uh, you can't say that. I did this in the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. Furthermore, it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Right. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. So, Abimelech, who is a king, interestingly enough, Melech is the uh, Hebrew word for king. Indeed. Um... He's got a thing for old, like old women. So he's yeah. acquired this woman who said that she's not married. Her no. husband has also confirmed the non-marriage, no, or the, vice versa. The, the sibling relationship. So he's got Sarah, yeah. and then God's like, don't do that, mate. In fact, the only reason that you've not got her is because I've stopped you yeah. for sinning against me. This is raises so many questions. So weird, man. So uh, weird. What's a man supposed to do? He's just a bit horny, you know? Right, I feel particularly bad for him because he, he, as everyone says, has done nothing wrong and yet he's the one being threatened with not only his own death but everyone he holds dear. Uh, and, and God is claiming the credit. He's yeah. like, don't worry. Don't worry, I'm saving you. F- from doing the bad <laughs> thing against me. Oh, shut up. Next. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things and the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech said, called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? <laughs> Literally, what are you doing? Yeah. He's gone to the source, like, you twats. How have I sinned against you that you have brought such great guilt on me and my kingdom? 
You have done things to me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what were you thinking of that you did this thing? He's literally saying what I'm yeah, thinking. Like yeah, literally, what, what, what are any of you doing? What you, what's your problem? Yeah. I, it's Why? weird. Weirdo, mate. Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Interesting. A similar, similar rationale to the previous yeah, occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. What? Uh, you didn't bring that up before, mate. Hold on. She's your half-sister. What? What? Is she? she? Maybe he's lying. Let's find out. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is the kindness you must do me. And every place to which we come, say of me, here's my brother. That explains the... Repeated yeah. move. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. Abraham smashed it. Abraham's getting rewarded with people to own and also some sheep and oxen. Yeah, yeah. Abimelech said, My land is before you. Settle where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Look, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is your exoneration before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed the, his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the house of Abimelech <laughs> and Sarah, Abraham's wife. What a bizarre incident. Bizarre little tale that one. What's the? There must be a moral to this somewhere. I think that's. The, is that First of all. They've really buried the lead that Sarah is, in fact, Abraham's sister. I think they just, like, thought they'd hide it somewhere in the middle of Genesis. Genesis 20, throw it in. Yeah. We've got the same mum or dad. Dad. Same same dad. dad. Um, Right. That doesn't count. That's probably what he thinks. Yeah. Nah. 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 Yeah. No, this is... There's a lot of weird things going on here. And then... Uh, Again, poor Abimelech, though. Now, he's down a thousand pieces of silver. Slaves. Some slaves. Oxen. Oxen, sheep. Um, and he's had to go through this traumatic experience. And all of the, the women in his household have had their wombs closed fast. And he never got his end away. And he never he never even got to do the thing with Sarah, with Abraham probably watching, because that seems like what they're into. Uh, so, I mean... It's undoubted we will offend someone with this, but it does appear to be the case that Abraham and Sarah have got this weird, like, strategic fetish thing yeah. where they kind of say, listen, do the old brother-sister thing, yeah. see how we get on. They roll into town. Yeah. New place, new, place, new identity. Yeah. And, listen, I totally understand. Anonymity <laughs> is sexy. It's True. quite. It's like, you know, it gets me off too. Uh, uh, sure, and if you have a weird kink like that then yeah probably it's necessary <laughs> so that concludes uh, Genesis 20 um a bizarre tale Strange, if anything completely out of place like it has no <laughs> it just pops up but moving on to 21 the birth of Isaac ah now and we now know the this actual guy. story progresses some more I think. okay here we go The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. 
Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old. Wow. Because he was skilled in this regard. Yeah, he had much practice at this point. The, st- the steady-handed, hundred-year-old man. <laughs> wow. And we all have him to thank. Yeah. As God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh at me. Sounds like a bad comedian. Yeah. And she said, who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have born him a son in his old age? Well, I agree. It is quite unbelievable. It is remarkable. Absolutely. You know, completely unlikely to have occurred. Yes. Don't don't confuse anomal- uh, medical anomalies with the impossible. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that she thinks people are going to laugh at her because she's an old yeah. mother. That's actually quite sad, the, the stigma. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, it's remarkable that she's still got on marbles at, at this age. Age of 90 or whatever it is. If I was 90 and I had to do weird sexual role plays every time I went somewhere new, and I was yeah. 90... And I knew that I was, there was a possibility. And I was also probably pregnant at that point yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, she must have hormones all over the place, yeah. poor woman. She's not been treated well. No, she has not. Hagar and Ishmael sent away. I think we know what's going to come. <laughs> the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. Mm. His brother. And that was me saying it. Just, just so we all remember, Isaac actually Isaac and Ishmael have the same sibling relationship that we've just discovered. Abraham. And yes, Sarah. yes, they are half brothers. They have yeah. the same father. Yeah. So she said to Abraham, "Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac." Wow. She's shown these streaks before. Yeah, she's not. She's she's mistreated a lot, but she also is a more than willing participant in yeah. the mistreatment of others. She's a bit like Catelyn Stark in Game of Thrones. Mm. She, she's given Isaac um, Ishmael. Is it Ishmael? Ishmael is the she, one she's kicking out. She's giving him the old Jon Snow treatment. She is. This is true. She's not my son. Not bothered. Yeah. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. As you can imagine. Yeah, fair enough. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. I can't believe that! God is never on the side of the righteous in this. God is, is literally doing the wrong thing. He stirs every pot. He can't, can't help himself. It's like, he sees a situation, he sees a good way it could resolve, or a bad way, and he's like, you know what? Let's just roll the dice. He's... God is getting so involved at the moment. What is he? He's like, can't help himself. And he's already established that he doesn't want to do this anymore. He's done. Yeah, just do the whole Noah thing. And like, I thought, I thought from Noah, you were just going to let him get on with it. Yeah, do what they do. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. Wow. That's so cold. Yeah. Like, wake up, here's some water, here's your child. Off Bye. you go. But don't worry, he's going to have a nation. Yeah. He hasn't even told her that. No, no. no. 
And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. Well, it's not really changed. No, I've been to Beersheba. <laughs> yeah. And I can confirm it is still a wilderness. Yeah. But the people are nice. And they've got a very good football team there. Yeah. It's, for, for, for those who don't know, should we just say what, yeah. sort of where it is? Beersheba is kind of like the last port, now, like the last port of call of civilization before you hit. Like hundreds of miles right. of desert. It's the capital, kind of, of the of the Negev Desert. Yeah, it's the biggest city there. I mean, I don't know if actually that Beersheba is where this Beersheba. You know, the, yeah, there's a real connection between this Beersheba and that Beersheba, but or if it's just named after us. Yeah, probably. but yeah, it's a pretty large. It's a significant place. Town with a big university and a good football team. Yeah. And, an old city that's kind of nice looking and nothing. Ba- basically, so if, if you get the bus from Tel Aviv to Elat, which is on the very southern part of Israel, yeah. you go for a wee at Beersheba. Yeah. That's it. There are, there is a nice, there are a couple nice little art galleries, but they're pretty small and not worth a trip, as I discovered. Okay. <laughs> when the water in the skin was gone, she cast a child under one of the bushes. <laughs> this is getting really bleak. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot, for she said, Do not let me look on the death of my child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. Now that is just the saddest moment. Horrible. Horrible. Actually horrible. They've run out of water. She's put her child under a bush and gone away so that she doesn't have to see him. And, And she's either talking to God or talking to herself and saying... I don't want to witness this. I can't see this. This is all because Sarah just didn't like the look of her. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Hey, what what do you mean, what troubles her? (laughs) Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Okay. This hasn't solved any problems yet, really. Okay, should we just get him some water first? Should we just get him a drink? Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. There we go. I mean... She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. There we go, thank you. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Sort of like a Semitic Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Although there's not been much tales of him stealing from anybody. And oh, there's not many people, people to steal from. Yeah. They're, it's just, they're just kind of in the wilderness. Well, I'm happy for them in a way that it's kind of worked out because they were they were staring down the barrel. Yeah, it a was little. a really bleak yeah. situation. Yeah. Could have had a, a very dark ending. Yeah. Uh, Abraham and Abimelech make a covenant. Oh, this sounds... The last covenant we saw ended in um, non-anesthetic <laughs> surgery. Yeah, for many people. Yeah. At, the ta- at that time, Abimelech with Fikol, the commander of his army, Fikol, Fikol, don't know, uh, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my posterity. But as I have dealt loyally with you, you will deal with me and with the land where you have resided as an alien. And Abraham said, I swear it. Yeah, and he's a man of his word. Yeah. 
When Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. Wow. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, mate. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set apart seven U, 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 it's U, right? E-W-E. A a baby, a female sheep, it's a U. Seven U lambs of the flock. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven U lambs that you have set apart? He said, these seven U lambs you shall accept from my hand in order that you may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba. Aha. Because there, both of them swore an oath. Ah, let's just go. So, Sheva is the Hebrew word for seven. That's got to have something to do with the seven sheep that he's given him. Yeah, and bear as well, it would seem. There you go. Um, it's a bit of a crap story, this one, I've got to say. Yeah. No, who cares about this? Abimelech is pretty much... Listen, if I were him, I'd be like, listen, geez, you murked me the last time. <laughs> and it was only because God made me give all my money away. Yeah, and, literally. Uh, you know, the only thing I got away was my money. That was it. Yeah. So... I wouldn't deal with Abraham if I were him. No, I'd never trust this guy. Well, for a start, he knows he's a liar. He, he, he willingly goes place to place claiming his wife is his sister. Yeah. Anyway. When they had made a covenant at Bathsheba, Abimelech, with Phicol, the commander of his army, left and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Bathsheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham resided as an alien many days in the land of the Philistines. Well, there we go. So we've not really moved on so much, I feel. Well, we've established for sure that Abraham is a little, you know, his decision-making is not fantastic. No. Uh, God loves to stick his oar in. Always. Um, Always. And and he only ever saves the situation at the very end. Yeah. He's never like, oh, yeah, this could go one of two ways. I'm going to make sure it goes the good way from the start so people have a decent time. He's like, I want to make sure they all suffer. But at the end, I'll save them and prolong that agony. Wow. I'm confused. Okay, so that concludes 21. And we're going to go on to Genesis 22. But before we do... Mm-hmm. Let's let's find out what's been going on in the crazy world of internet Bible uh, stories for the week. Let's do that. What have we got this week? So, uh, as we start to our Bible news segment of the week, uh, just a quick clarification and uh, a sort of apology from a previous episode when we were talking about the story about the circumcision camp gone wrong in Zimbabwe and we weren't or I wasn't sure if the uh, if headman was the name of the guy commenting or the title um, I thought it might be his name I've been informed, we wanted it to be his name we wanted it to be his name I've been informed by um, much more knowledgeable sources than me i.e. my dad yeah um, who has a PhD in Zimbabwean foreign policy <laughs> The headman was almost certainly the title, 
um, sort of like deputy chief of that area. Wow. Um, and I just in general, but we butchered some of the names a bit. Yeah, and we didn't. So well, oh, didn't. And he'd probably worked really hard to become the headman. Yeah, I mean it's an important. It is a genuinely important role, not being facetious at all. And so it. it Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we, d- we didn't know. And you know we need to do probably better at yeah. Bible stories from different cultures and different places. You know. But the charm is in the fact that we also just pick these articles up and yeah. go, go with it. And also it just demonstrates the, the sheer breadth of importance and reach of the Bible yeah. in the world. But if there is anyone out there who is a headman, yeah. please. Please write into the show. Please let us know. Cool. So what have we got this week? So, so this week's um, crazy Bible reference internet story of the week. This is from the Jamaica Star. Oh, of course. Um, we've not been to the Caribbean yet, have we? We've not been to the Caribbean yet. Um, and it is from January 24th, 2019. Man uses Bible verse to threaten goat thieves. Here we go. Talk to me. Jack Brown... That's a bit of a... As- <laughs> and it's got an asterisk, and it says, name change. <laughs> At the bottom, name change. Jack Brown, name changed, has a strong message for the persons who stole his three goats from his St. Catherine home. You are under Psalms 109. Bring back those goats, or else destruction shall be your doom. Sand, cement, and stone shall be your tomb. The sign at his gate said. The elderly man said that the first goat was stolen by person, brackets, persons, from his community after he left the goat to graze on Labour Day last year. I'm assuming that was their project for that particular holiday. And if taking one wasn't enough, they stole another two that were heavily pregnant the day before. I have an idea who did it, and sometimes I see him pass. And him can't look me in the eyes. But I leave him and his cronies to God, he said. Wow, well, that's a very... Well, you know what? Something quite charming in this. Yeah. So it's... For those people who have faith, it's like saying, listen, I'm an everyman. I'm just a geezer. Yeah. But you, in your incorrect actions... Yeah, the shit you've done... Don't think about me. You better worry what God's going to do to you. It's quite a cool thing to have on your side. It's like having a big brother. True. A really, know, really, really big brother. Who's going to entomb you in cement and sand. <laughs> Brown said that his heart was broken upon realising he was a victim of predial larceny wow. and decided to fight his battle through his religious faith. I had plans to extend my farm and buy a few more goats, but now I only have three goats left. I wanted to have them so I can sell one or two just in case I fall on hard times. But the quote-unquote owners come take them. Sometimes as my bicycle I ride just to get grass and other food for them. We invest time and money in them and to see people just take them like that, he said. You know what? It does sound a bit biblical, this. It does. Like the simplicity of yeah. the life. You know, he's talking about selling a goat and he only had... Six. Goats were stolen. Yeah, something that would definitely happen in the Bible where people steal shit. Because go- goats were a thing of currency, but yeah. barter for sure. And they're a thing of great value in large parts of the world. Nice, oh, it's amazing. 
Brown said that he reported the matter to the police, but he has yet to see any progress in the case. You're not getting anywhere with them, no. pal. When I went to make the report, one of the police see me with 10 US dollar in my wallet and asked me for it. When I told him that I can't give him, the man put down the pen and stopped right. On another occasion, one of them wanted me to buy him KFC, but I never do it. So up to now, none of them have come by the place, come investigate, he said. So he's fallen on the wrong side of the law because he didn't buy them a take. It's, just, it's getting quite Job-like, actually, the trials and tribulations of, it's, of the it's one very sad. Man. It's very sad, this. <laughs> He's backed into a corner here. Completely. In fact, the only thing he's probably got right now is God. Because he says he's elderly, so he's yeah. not physically capable of doing he's some damage. He's got three goats and he's got his faith. Yeah. The police aren't going to help him. According to Brown, he has to keep a keen eye on his remaining three animals, as he fears that they too may also be stolen. He said that he will continue to chant a word of prayer and read his Bible until the thieves confess to their sins. Wow. When them steal the goats, persons were telling me to deal with it another way, but I don't want anyone's blood on my shoulder, so I consult with God instead. He may be slow, but he is really sure. That's all I know, Brown said. Uh, an amazing sort of tale of faith. In a way, though, it's a bit of a... There's two ways think you can see this. He's copping out. It's like, all else has gone wrong. Don't worry, I've got God. Mate, if... There is an argument about God that you say, well, listen, if it was that great, you wouldn't let the bad things happen to you. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of nice to hear that he's got faith beyond what he can see in front of him. Yeah. I just want to read out one of the comments underneath the article on the Jamaica Star Online. In capital letters, Sunshine G says, Bring back the man goat then. You know too damn thief. I think we all agree with that. I think he speaks for all of us. He speaks so, for every one of us. This is a relatively recent article, so yes. actually, please, if if Jack Brown, not his real name, if anyone yeah. knows of the three goats, two of which are pregnant, yeah, please return them to Jack. Yeah, if you are in St. Catherine in Jamaica, or yeah. surrounding Ambrons, and you see someone looking shady with some goats that don't belong to them... yeah. Or if you, if you see some goats who are obviously acting as if they've been, you know, traumatised in some way. Or if you're that guy that keeps walking past Jack's house. Yes. We, we're on to you as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jack, I hope you get your goats back. Me too. Um, and you know what? Good on you that you've got your faith. Because if that's yeah. what's going to get you through this tough situation, uh, I'm glad you that you have that comfort. And good on you for not bribing the police either. Or putting the blood on your shoulder. Or putting the blood on your shoulder. No yeah. blood on the shoulder. Yeah. It sounds like a real good, wholesome character. I, I would love to meet Jack Brown. Yeah. In fact, it, Jack, if you go to get returned, we'll buy one of them when you're ready to sell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've always wanted to go. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, that was a sort of sad story. <laughs> it was a sort of sad story. Sorry about that. But listen, the Bible is helping Jack get through a very tough situation, so that's quite valuable. Um, okay, so we wonder what we we need to find something a little more cheery for next week's we uh, next week's interlude. Okay. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're going to close this episode with Genesis twenty-two, which yeah. has got it's actually got a great title. It's a- it's a big one. It's a big one. The command to sacrifice Isaac. Here we are. Okay. 
After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny, these two. Here, still here. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, first of all. <laughs> We've already established. Right, so this is the thing about God, is that he speaks to Abraham like he's an idiot, and he's not unfounded necessarily yeah. in doing that. So, True. your son. Your yeah. only son, Isaac. Ah, no, because he's confirmed, he's... he's Confirming that it's Isaac, not Ishmael. Yeah, his other son. His other son. So it's not even his own. So God's completely dismissed Ishmael at this point. Yeah. Whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. Okay. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and sat out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Interesting. Is that the first mention of prayer or something? Uh, Like like worship as opposed to... Like direct God reverence. Maybe. Mm. I, I don't remember hearing anyone praying Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father! And he said, Here I am, my son. He's got a, he's got a catchphrase now, and he knows how to use it. Abraham, here I am. He said, The fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Oh, it smells a rat. Uh-oh. If only there were a rat. Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. So I wonder, is at this point Abraham is... Um, well, it's blind faith, isn't it? He's saying, oh, God... I've seen him do some mad well, shit. E- yeah, either, Trust me. Either he's like, yeah, this is all go fine. Or he's like, I really can't tell you what's about to yeah, happen. Yeah, I've got a bad feeling and you're too young to, yeah. to know. In which case, yeah, 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 God, yeah God, God's got it. God's, yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, the lamb. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You like lamb, don't you? Everyone likes lamb. <laughs> when they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac. And laid him on the altar. Can you imagine? On top of the wood. The conversation that they were having. Yeah. What, Dad, why are you... Uh, why are you what, what's with all this uh, bit, binding? Bit tight, that. Yeah. Yeah. About that lamb. Yeah. Did, did, have we seen the lamb? <laughs> I saw one before. I'm sure we passed a goat somewhere on this <laughs> mountain. Oh, no. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. Hold on. Kill him? Kill him. You need to kill him to sacrifice. Yeah, but who told him to... How does he know to kill him? Because God told him. Oh, has he already said that? God, uh, uh, at the beginning of the chapter, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. Oh, yeah. Hold on. So offer him as a burnt offering. So why is he going to stab him? Uh, you need to you need to do the slit throat thing and then uh, you burn him. Okay. Um, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said Abraham, Abraham twice and he said here I am am." he said do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him 
It's a bit late. He's already bound him up. <laughs> do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Oh, there's your sheep. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Wow. So this is a very famous Bible story. Very famous. Very, very iconic story. Um, And it's kind of the story of doing what your superiors tell you. Mm. You know, we do this in work all the time. Don't ask questions, just bloody do it. Yeah. I'm the one, you know, it's on me. God saying it's on me. Kill your son. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Sounds reasonable. And there's lots of there's it's there's lots of kind of interesting it's one of because it's so iconic, there's so much interesting stuff written about it. Mm. Um, and actually one of the one of the the quirks and the way that the this story, the binding of Isaac, has been told through generations that I, that I find quite interesting, is for a lot of um, Jewish history, especially around the time of the Crusades, there were a lot, there were kind of myths and legends that Abraham had actually killed Isaac. So really? There, there's a, there's Mishnaic, like, commentary on the story that, in fact, Abraham kills Isaac, and then at some later point, Isaac is kind of brought back to life. And so during the Crusades and times when, um, like, Jews were being, in Europe, were being absolutely slaughtered, there, there were kind of, rabbis and um, people would compose poems and stories likening the the stories from that time of suffering to the story of Isaac who was actually killed wow. by Abraham's father. Wow. There's a really um, interesting um, although it's a bit difficult a bit dense but interesting book short book called um, The Last Trial The Akeda by Shalom Spiegel that if you're particularly interested in rabbinic literature around the binding of Isaac, I would recommend picking up. Yeah, or if you want to read about the, uh, perhaps you like reading about the binding of little boys who can't do anything about it, yeah. then you might also want to read that or, as well. Also, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a crazy story, this. And um, I, I suppose you kind of try and put yourself in Abraham's shoes and think, what would I do if I was... The only geezer in the world who could speak to God, yeah, with you know, develops a real rapport with the big man, who is actively interfering in my life all the time. I'm literally at his beck and call all the time, and he's telling me I've waited a hundred years for a son, and I've got one, and he's trying to tell me to kill it, having just told me to get rid of my other one. Yeah, I, 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 they're all a bit. I wouldn't surprise me a bit messed up. Yeah, it's probably quite traumatizing. Uh, I, it's also. At this point, the angel is like, for now I know that you fear God, that you have not withheld your son. I think at this point, after all they've been through, God should be able to trust that Abraham fears him and follows his directive. God, I mean, he's fucking with him. Yeah. By the way, you know, we we read the Bible as a isolated story. We do indeed. That's the point of this. Yeah. So... We're well aware that people could come in and say, well, you know, there's various 
theological or Jewish, or if not, you know, um, interpretations of this and the meaning of it and the interpretation of it, but we're reading the story as it is written on the page, okay? Yeah, we're not... Um, so without... People, people, obviously, people of religious faith and practitioners who uh, deal with this story and deal with the text of the Bible and use it and it's a living document in so many different yeah. ways and in this where we're, we're just reading it and commenting on the actual things that it actually says it's mad yeah. it's completely mad so anyway sorry we're not so even at the end finished. of it sorry no. the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said by myself I have sworn says the Lord because you have done this and have not withheld your son your only son I will indeed bless you and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies. Mm. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves because you have obeyed my voice. It's a bit of an ominous phrase, that, to possess the gate of their yeah, enemies. It's, it's, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound like people aren't getting slaughtered. Yeah. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba. Abraham lived at Beersheba. Oh, he lived there? Again, he's already told him that he's going to have lots of descendants through Isaac. Yeah. I don't think any of that was necessary to re-establish that fact. There's one more little bit. The children of Nahor. Now, after these things, it was told Abraham, Milcah also has born children to your brother Nahor, who is the firstborn, Buz, his brother, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Bildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. Ah, okay. These eight Milka bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Reuma, bore Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Maaka. So, we're finishing the episode on a load of crazy names Maka. and uh, the children of a concubine. Yeah. Interesting that the idea of paid sex is um, prevalent. Everyone, everyone loves a concubine, it seems, yeah. in the Bible. Okay. Well, I suppose that um, that wraps up the reading for this episode. That does wrap up the reading for this episode. Um, we've really... It's a long one today. Yeah. We've covered some um, real interesting points. Um, please, if you have any commentary on what we've spoken about or you're not happy with the um, the way that we kind of comment on Abraham's persistence on just doing what God says and Sarah's devil-on-the-shoulder kind of antics... Uh, and God sticking his finger in constantly manipulating Abraham and telling yeah. him what to do. Um, really interesting story, this. Yeah. But If you're not happy about it, it's what it says. Yeah. That, we, that, again, this we're just reading what it says. For um, sure. Right into the show, if you do have anything you want to say. Yeah. At abominationpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter yeah. at abominationpod or on Instagram at abominationpodcast. Um, our, our social media pages have not been the most active, it's fair to say, up until this point. Yeah. But they will rise in activity 
just as our listeners rise in numbers just as our listeners rise in numbers so thank you for listening we hope you've enjoyed the episode uh, we look forward to seeing you next time yep. um, and that's bye from me and it's bye from me goodbye bye Abomination the Bible podcast has been brought to you by Schwartz Pizza's Productions music by Meet Maimon recorded in Konstam Studios aka Karlsgaff in sunny North Salonet.